So the scripture that I would like to read for you today um, is I would like to um, reiterate on the verse that Pastor LT spoke on last week. Um, and it comes from Psalms um, 100 verse 4. And it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. And I would also like to read from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And this is what we're going to be focusing on today. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, that peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious for nothing. You know, a lot of times Christians, I've, I've heard people say, you know, if you're a believer in God, you know, you shouldn't be afraid of anything. You shouldn't have any kind of fear. There should be no anxiety going on. And if there is, maybe there's something wrong with you. But as a believer, you shouldn't be anxious. You shouldn't be afraid. But I really think that, you know, anxiousness or anxiety, you know, a little fear, it's, it's a normal human response. And I believe that as a Christian, we're not immune to the anxieties of life. We're really not because we're humans, you know, and, and the pressures of life, it comes and life happens. I mean, we lose a job and we have to move and we lose a family member or a loved one. And, you know, life happens. Things happen. We're, we're not immune to the anxieties of life. But God, God tells us that he is there and he will give us peace. And he lets us know that there is a way that we can overcome and we can fight our anxieties. A lot of times the enemy will try to tempt us. He'll start by tempting us, by throwing at us the anxieties of life. Anxiety really is to be careful, really. It's not like a, di a medical diagnosis necessarily, but it's really just to be careful, is to be full of cares, is to be troubled by uh, the cares of life. And take this, it's also um, to promote one's own interests. That's pretty interesting that to be anxious is to focus and to promote one's own interests and one's own desire. And as anxiety is perfectly normal, but when it starts to spiral out of control, when it starts to overtake you, you know, when it starts to kind of get out of hand and it just hinders you from your day-to-day -day activities and your day-to-day -day life, that's when the enemy has us in a trap. And that is ultimately his plan. It's, anxiety really is a form of distraction where Satan comes in and he wants to stop you from where you're going. He wants to keep you from doing what the Lord has for you to do. He wants you to freeze, in a sense, or paralyze you from really moving forward into what God has called you to do. And ultimately, it's, you know, it's meant to distance us from the love of God. Really, the opposite of fear is not necessarily peace, although the product of prayer and thanksgiving gives us peace. But really, you know, the opposite of fear is actually love, right? The word says there is no fear in love, but that perfect love casts out 
fear because he who fears has not been perfected by love. So if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're just tormented by fear, you know, and even as a believer, I deal with that. I struggle with anxieties too. You know, I'm not, you know, just because I'm a leader here at church and just because I serve doesn't mean I don't struggle with anxiety. I do. That's just me. I struggle with it every day. You know, I, 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 I get anxious about what people think and what people say and about what has, hasn't happened or about what, what's yet to come, I do, you know. But get into that place of being in God's perfect love and it will dissipate. It will begin to fade away. Be, it says be anxious for nothing. Nothing is no thing. Because oftentimes we get so caught up just for nothing. We worry about the most mundane things, and it's not even worth it to worry about. It's not even worth it to get worked up all over. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, what, don't sweat the small stuff. It's just not worth it. A lot of times worrying doesn't change anything. But in our prayer and in our thanksgiving, it's, it changes things. It has the power to change things. It says, but in everything... Pray in everything, pray, not just when times get hard, not just in big things, not just when you're hurting, when there is a problem. Oftentimes we come to God when we have a problem, but it says in everything, pray. And prayer simply is talking in a communication in a relationship with your heavenly father. He is always there and he always hears. First Thessalonians 5.17, it says rejoice every more. Pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, right? It says pray without ceasing, pray without stopping, keep praying, praying all the time. How was that humanly possible for you to pray all the time? It's not really realistic, right? Um, in Psalms 1 and 2, it says, Blessed is the one who meditates on the word day and night. You know, when you look up that word meditate, and some of you have already learned this before, but when you look up the word meditate, in Hebrew it actually means, it's pronounced hagah. And hagah actually means to murmur. It's actually to make a voice. It's actually to make a sound. You know, in our, in our English language we think meditate is just, you know, but to pray you know, God wants us to open our mouth. He wants us to open our voice. He wants us to murmur. He wants for us to, to speak, to take action. And, you know, Thanksgiving, when you give thanks, it's not a silent thing. You can't say that I'm thankful and be like, you know, Thanksgiving is an action. You have to show it. You have to be able to express it. And I know some of you may ask for time to time, and even I've said it, you know, how can you um, give thanks whenever times are difficult, right? I'm sure you've asked that before, and I know, you know, trust me, I know, I've been in that place where it's so dark, you know, where you feel like you don't even have a fiber of strength to pray to God, let alone even give thanks. And oftentimes it's just, it's just easier for us to whine. It's often it's easier for us to throw yourself a pity party. It even feels good to throw yourself a pity party sometimes because you're the star of this pity party. You know, and it feels good that everybody gives you the attention. Sometimes it feels good. You know, you want to whine, you want to complain, and sometimes we can have a little cussing fit, you know, so to speak. 
You know, um, there's a funny story um, about a talking parrot. Um, and I've always actually wanted a talking bird, you know. Um, I've, I've told this to Peter before, but I've always wanted a talking bird. And I said that if I ever had a talking bird, that I would teach it to say amen and hallelujah so that everybody that comes into our house would hear this praising bird. But anyways, there's a story of a little boy, and he always wanted a talking parrot. And so his father one day got him a talking parrot. But this parrot wasn't raised in a good Christian home. And so this parrot had a potty mouth, and he would cuss, you know, and he would just say ugly things that he wasn't supposed to do, and it was like a broken record. And so... Um, and so they were, you know, they're going to have a, a Thanksgiving gathering. They're expecting lots of people over, and this bird, he had a potty mouth. And so the little boy says, well, you know what, I'm going to put him into the freezer to literally cool down. And so he put him in the freezer right next to the turkey, and about three minutes later, he took him out, and he says, you know, he, he saw that his attitude, the parrot's attitude had changed a bit, and he says, parrot, have you learned your lesson? And the parrot looks over at the turkey and he says, well, yes. There's always someone that has it worse than me. But he says, can I ask you a question? What did the turkey do? And so what I want to, you know, share with you about that is that, you know, it could always be worse. You know, count your blessings. It can always be worse. And there's always something. There's always something to be thankful for. When you don't know what else to say, just say, thank you, Jesus. Just say, Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And when you're so weak and when you don't know how to pray, the Spirit will come in. The Spirit of God will come in and help you to know what to say. Even if you're just murmuring, even if you're just groaning, the Spirit will come in during that time and help you to pray. There is power in the name of Jesus. I remember when I was a little girl, and I, um, you know, I was, I was tormented by nightmares. And I was a young Christian, and I was in my 20s, and I was having nightmares, and I was afraid of the dark. And um, the Lord delivered me because all, I didn't know the word very much at that time, but I knew the name of Jesus. And when I said the name of Jesus, those nightmares, whatever was pressuring me, it went away. And so there is power in the name of Jesus. When you don't know, don't know what to say, say Jesus. So our anxieties and our cares and our troubles and our worries of life, they're going to come. Because, you know, even Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. I have come to give you peace. So he knew. He already knew. You know, as long as you're in this world, you're not yet with him, that you're going to face some troubles because we live in a fallen place. But he gives us a formula. He gives us a, a prescription, so to speak, if you don't realize right in this verse. And it says, do not be anxious. And what is the formula that he gives? By prayer, which is just talking with God, and supplication which is be specific with your request, with what? With thanksgiving. So oftentimes we come to God and we just pray. We say, God, I have this problem. God, help me. God, I need you. And we just lay down our ABCs, our requests, but we forget 
that it comes with thanksgiving. It comes with giving thanks. It's like taking your medication with food. There's instructions. God lays it out. It's right here. It's black and white. Pray, ask, and you shall receive, and thank him. So what is thanksgiving? It says, by prayer with supplication with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is an offering. It is a sacrifice. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Psalms 100 verse 4. You know, back then when, you know, during the time where, when God had delivered his people, the Israelites, out of being um, in slavery, and God had parted the Red Sea, and God had delivered his people from the enemies, and even at that time, the people were still complaining. They were like, wah, 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 right? They were hungry, they were thirsty, so God rained down manna, he gave them heavenly bread to eat, and then he, he struck the rock, and then the water came out of it, and God had provided for them and God gave special instructions to build this tabernacle a place of worship so that the people can come and so that they can give their offering and their sacrifices and worship God and God had instructed that when the people came to the courts that they would bring a sacrifice and it was supposed to be an animal oftentimes without blemish, a perfect, a perfect animal to be sacrificed, and there had to be a shedding of blood in order to be presented to God. And if it was accepted, then God would cover their sins and push it forward and that he would hear their prayers, right? But thank God for Jesus that in the new covenant of his promise, that all God asks is for us, he just says that I've already done it. I've already paid that sacrifice. I've already shed my blood. I've already given it to you. And all that I ask is that you come to me and you have a seat at my table and that you come with a sacrifice of thanksgiving and a sacrifice of praise. How can praise and thanksgiving be a sacrifice, right? It can be a sacrifice in our selfishness and in our greed, right? There are things that our flesh, we just want. I mean, I want that new big screen TV, and I need that next lipstick color. You know, I, I need these things. And, you know, there's just things that we want. We're human, you know. Um, you know, especially with the holidays coming around, it is even it's even harder, you know, the time of year where it's supposed to be meant for peace and it's, meant, it's supposed to be meant for joy, yet the enemy comes in and he knows and he wants to turn it around and he wants to make it a commercialized thing and make it all about materialism and it becomes all stressful, right, because of our selfishness and our greed. And sometimes we just get into that place. It just, it just happens, right? And um, I love um, my sister, my, my sister in Christ V um, in our church. Had, earlier this week, she had contacted me out of the blue. And um, I didn't answer her the first time, so I had to, like, um, get back with her. And um, she, she was like, oh, I didn't want anything. I just, you know, I just wanted to ask you what you're thankful for. And I said, okay. That's interesting. Why? You know, can I ask you why? And she's like, well, I'm, I'm just hearing all these things about these Black Friday deals, and I'm just sick and tired of it, and I just want to really focus on what's more important, what really matters. And I said, you know what? She gets it. 
that is so wonderful, you know, that she even called and reminded me and asked me what I was thankful for. And then she said she was thankful for me, and then I said I was thankful for her, and it became a mushy fest. Um, but I, I was so, you know, I was so grateful for that. Like, it was, it was a very good reminder. And it's not about being positive. It's not about being optimistic or anything like that. It's just about redirecting our focus to what really matters. Sometimes it's a sacrifice because we feel entitled, don't you think so? Sometimes we feel like we deserve it, right? We work so hard, right? We're faithful. I mean, we give, right? We go to church. We're obedient. We're, we're good people. We don't treat anybody wrong, right? Sometimes we feel like we're entitled. God, I deserve something, you know, but we don't deserve anything because Jesus gave his life. He gave his life entitlement and of course it's a sacrifice when we're going through difficulty and we're going through troubles you know the story of Job most of you know the story of Job you know he was considered a righteous man in his time he was a wealthy man and he had it all you know and Satan came to to God and asked for permission you know I bet you if I tempt him with the anxieties of life that he would he would stop he would stop worshiping you God you know, and God trusted Job, and he, he says, you know, go ahead. I know my son. You know, go ahead and tempt him. Take everything away from him, if you please, but don't harm him. So then it happened. You know, when the enemy came and took away his family one by one, took away his wealth, his fortune, took away everything. His friends even criticized him. He lost it all. He even got sick with boils all over his body. I mean, he was a hot mess, but he didn't stop worshiping God. No, he didn't. And God multiplied his blessings 100 times over. God will bless you in your faithfulness and in your thanksgiving to him. And the greater the sacrifice, you better believe it, the greater the blessing. Thanksgiving is an act of worship. It is an act of grateful language. It is an act of grateful language. It is a form of prayer. And when we worship God with thanksgiving, we are magnifying him. We're magnifying him. It doesn't mean that, oh, you know, God is so little and we have to take a magnifying glass and make him bigger. No, God is so big. God is so big. And sometimes we need to decrease so that God may increase, right? Sometimes we have to exalt God in our lives so that we can take our focus off of our problems and focus on the God who is bigger than our problems. So praise is not just thanking God for the material things that we have. Praise is really thanking God for who he is because sometimes in our present, the reality is there's just, I don't know what to thank for. You know, but praising is really thanking God for who he is. God, you are God and you are almighty. You are the king of kings and you are the Lord of lords. And you are the beginning and the end. And God, you have a plan and a purpose for my life. I thank you, God, that you give me peace. I thank you, God, that you give me salvation. God, you are God and you are all powerful. That is praise. That is praise. Even Jesus set the example when he's, he, he prayed. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He gave that example. And even Jesus, he, he glorified and magnified God. So there is power in thanksgiving. 
There is power in thanksgiving. You know the word to thank? You know, to thank is a verb. And the root word for thank in Hebrew is yada. To thank is yada in Hebrew. And that word yada means hand. It's literally mean to, to give out your hand. And there is power in the hand. I work as an occupational therapist, and um, I work with hands all the time, and I work with the upper extremity. And a lot of times people don't realize how powerful your hand is until you lose its function, and then you realize that there's not much do, that you can even do with your day-to-day life. And I'm even reminded how um, Jesus on the Sabbath, one story where Jesus healed the man with a withered hand. You remember that? God healed the man with a withered hand, and he just wanted to go and tell everybody how God had healed his hand. But, you know, Brother Danny, Pastor Danny, he knows. I mean, he recently, he had a a pretty bad accident there, and he broke some fingers in his wrist. And he's like, this is my right hand. I can't do anything. There is power in the hand. You know, the Bible talks about there's a transference of power you know, in your hand. And so, you know, the, the word instructs us to, to lay your hands and pray for the sick, and they will be healed. When you raise your hands in worship, it shows there's an expressive um, way of saying that, God, I praise you, I thank you, that I surrender myself to you, right? It shows reverence, and it shows surrender to God. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says, God says that I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In his hand there is power. To thank is to give your hand, and there is power in that. You know, there's, um, there's power that is released whenever you give thanksgiving. And um, the first time I had ever spoken in tongues and the first time that God's power had ever come upon me literally was during a time that I was doing nothing but thanking God. And I was in a car, and really nobody was laying hands on me, but all I did was I opened my mouth, and I said, God, I want this. And I said, thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. And that's all I could do was say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And oh, my goodness, it just came upon me, and something on the inside of me came out, and it was a release. There is a release because in your mouth, it's a spiritual gate. And when you open it up, there is power in that when you give thanks to God. Giving thanks forces you to be vocal. It forces you to be oral, you know, in your prayers. And um, there is death. There's a power of death and the power of life in your tongue alone. Thanksgiving gives you life. And when you're giving thanks to others, it gives life to other people. And that is what God wants for you to share with other people. He wants for you to come to him, and he wants for you to share all that you're going through, your pains, your sorrows, what makes you happy, what makes you sad. He wants for you to come to him and be vulnerable and be transparent to him and share that with him. But he also wants for you to do that in your friendships. He also wants for you to do that in your relationships, you know, to connect with them, to be able to, you know, to share in their sorrows, to be able to share in their celebrations, right? God honors that, and God blesses that. Earlier this week, I I, I was having dinner with a couple of girls, and um, a good friend of mine had shared the great news that she was expecting a baby, you know? 
And I was so genuinely happy for her because I knew it's what that they've been praying for. You know, but at the end of the night when she asked, can you pray for me? Oh, my goodness. It was so hard to open my mouth and to give thanks for somebody else's blessing that I wish was my own. You know, and you got to believe that it was definitely a sacrifice of Thanksgiving. You know, but when I came home, oh, my goodness, what it did for me, it was that it, for one thing, it humbled me, you know, but it gave me peace. It really did because I know that my God is good, you know, and I know that my blessing is coming. So the power of Thanksgiving, it gives back. It gives back. You know, the sacrifice that we give is nothing compared to, the, to what the Lord gives back when we give thanks to him. The power of thanksgiving gives peace, right? When we ask God and we pray and we do it with thanksgiving, the product of that, the result of that is peace. Why peace? You know, God wants us to have peace in our minds. He wants for us to have peace in our emotions. He wants for us to have peace in our soul because that is that peace where we know that God is there. It is that peace that we know that we are saved. It is that peace that we know that he will never leave us or forsake us. That peace is our sanity. That peace lets us know that through it all, in our anxieties, in our cares, in our worries, and it lets us know that he is there. That peace is himself. He really wants to give, him, give you himself because he is our prince of peace, right? When we receive our Lord and Savior this Christmas holiday, he is, he is wonderful counselor, mighty God. He is our prince of peace, and God wants to give us himself. When we can be at peace in all areas of our life, then we can truly experience joy. That's why the word says, do not worry about tomorrow. But tomorrow will worry about itself. Tomorrow will have enough problems of his own for you to worry about and deal with. You know, he says, see all the birds in the air. I dress them. I clothe them. I give them food to eat. They don't have to worry. He says, do not worry about tomorrow. Every day will have enough troubles of his own. Just be at peace with me. You know, and I really believe that when you can truly be at peace in every moment and cherish that, then you can experience his joy. You know, I didn't always have it easy. when I, I took care of my dad all in my 20s as a young adult. I took care of my dad who had a disability. Um, I didn't get to have that fun young adult life. Some of you know my story. Um, I didn't go out. I really went to school. I came home. I took care of my dad. Like, literally, I fed him. I dressed him. I bathed him. I did all these things so that my mom could go out and so that she can have a life and so that she can have her sanity. And I took care of my father, and then all of a sudden, I lost my mother and father in one year, like literally months apart. And I remember at the, I remember there was a time when I said, God, I don't even know I can believe in you anymore. You're just, you can't be real. You let me deal with all of this. You know, and, and at one point I felt like I've lost it all. I didn't have anything. You know, but, but, you know, this is why it's so important that you read the word. Because whenever you don't know what to pray, the Spirit will pray for you. And I knew that he was there because through it all, through it all, there was peace. There was peace. And I got out of that fire, and I knew that I was blessed, and he was with me through it all. Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, if we don't have, if God doesn't bless us the way that we expect to be blessed, 
if God doesn't give us what we want to be given, you know, if we've lost it all, is he enough? You know, I've asked that. You know, Pastor LT has asked me that. I mean, it's hard to swallow. You know, if you don't have, is your soul, is the salvation of your soul, is Jesus enough? The power of Thanksgiving gives joy. You know, the actual word Thanksgiving and thanks and all that stuff, it means different things in different contexts, but that word Thanksgiving in Greek is actually eucharistia. It's, this is interesting, y'all. Eucharistia, you actually means to be well or to be at peace, right? And that's also where we find the word euphoria later on in Latin. Um, euphoria is extreme happiness, you know, and then charis is grace. Isn't that so awesome that Thanksgiving? When you break it down, when you dissect it a little bit, thanksgiving is to find true happiness by the grace of Christ. That is really cool. That's just a little bit of um, teaching for you. In Psalm 16, it says, Show me the path of life, and your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The way to finding true happiness, I believe, is with your thanksgiving. When you give thanks, it just generally, it just makes you happier. It really just lifts your spirit up. It just, it changes your emotional affect, and it just feels better. I, you know, on some days, I, I can't even get out of bed, you know. And ask Peter, you know, he will say the same thing. There's just some days, you know, I'm, I'm human. I just cannot get out of bed. I, I cannot get myself going because, you know, the burdens that we carry or the responsibilities that we have or it's just, you know, man, life is just so hard. And I just, you know, the things that we've been praying for, you know, Sometimes it's just hard, but when you just open your mouth and you just force yourself to give thanks, sometimes I have to look at myself in the mirror and I just have to say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. And then I begin to count one by one the things that I am thankful for. God, I'm thankful for my health. God, I'm thankful for my husband. God, I'm thankful for my house. God, my job sucks, God, but I'm so thankful that you've given me a means to pay my bills. You know, there's always something to be thankful for. The power of Thanksgiving gives freedom, freedom from bondage, freedom from anything that holds us down, freedom from anything that keeps us stuck, whether it's a bondage of sin, whether it's a bondage of addiction, you know, whatever it is, you know, that's holding you bondage. You know, um, Pastor Lam on Thursday and Friday, he's, um, he was preaching in a San Quentin prison. You know, this is, this is the craziest prison out there. I mean, it's out there on an island. Nobody can escape. And, you know, the craziest people are in there. You know, the, the murderers and the criminals are in there. And for years, Pastor Lam has been going there and he's been preaching the gospel. And he would share these stories about like how he goes in and these men, they've been transformed by God. And, and these people, they're, they're, they're soft-hearted, and, and you can feel the presence of the Lord. And they don't have much, but when they open their mouth and they praise God and they give thanks and that worship comes, the presence of God is in the prison. You know, and he was, he was sharing about, 
the other day how he came and he preached the gospel and these men, these big men with piercing, with tattoos and they're buff and they look scary, they're weeping before the Lord. How amazing is, you know, what God can do, that he can set the captives free. It reminds me of the story of uh, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, you know, um, pa Pastor Danny spoke on um, thankful for grace, you know, and he talked about how the Apostle Paul, even though he had a thorn of affliction in his side, yet he still gave thanks and he still served the Lord. And he says, even when I am weak, then I am strong, right? But this Apostle Paul, he then got put in prison. He got put in prison for preaching the gospel too. And he didn't mope and have the pity party in there. He didn't get all down on himself. No, even when Paul was in prison, he shared about the good news of Jesus. And it, it said in the middle of the night, he was singing hymns and praising God. And what happened? The doors were open. Even the prison guards gave their lives to God, right? And the prisoners were set free. There is power in thanksgiving. When you give thanks, the doors begin to open. When you give thanks, the chains begin to break. When you give thanks, it changes the atmosphere and it sets you free. The power of thanksgiving gives health and it gives healing. In Psalm 17:22, it says, A merry heart, a joyful heart, a heart that rejoices, does good like medicine. You know, there is medical research that actually says that um, anxiety leads to depression and it just leads to all kinds of other medical problems. You know, it's, it's, it's been said before, and I work in the medical field, and I've seen, you know, um, the, the elderly. When I look at a person, when they have a whole list of multiple medical problems, almost always, they will always have that diagnosis of anxiety in there. Anxiety is no good. You know, it's just not worth it sometimes. Give it to the Lord. There is a, a testimony, a story that I saw on the 700 Club. I like watching testimony videos, YouTube, by the way. But I was watching on the 700 Club about this lady, and she had a rotator cuff injury, right? This rotator cuff injury is when you have, like, a muscle tear in your shoulder. You mean, there's all these bundles that are connected to your shoulder. And then, you know, when you have a torn muscle in your shoulder, it hurts because you can't do anything. You can't even get dressed, you know, and so this lady, she, you know, she's, she went and she had the surgery, she had rehab, and you know, it got better for a little while, and then she goes back, and then she gets cortisone shots for her shoulder, you know, and it didn't really work, and he says, she says, you know what, God, God is my healer. And so she began to pray, and she began to pray that God would heal her shoulder. And then she opened her mouth, and she says, God, I thank you for my healing. God, I thank you for my healing. She begins to raise her arm. She began to raise her arm, and the moment, you know, she began to raise her arm and she gave thanks, God healed her. And then now she can just raise it, and she can thank God because God healed her arm in her thanksgiving. Praise God for that. The power of thanksgiving also gives blessings, and it gives miracles. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, it says, and this is during communion when Jesus was sharing communion with his disciples. He took the bread, and he broke it. And he gave thanks. And he says, eat, this is my body, which is given to you, right? And when Jesus performed the miracle of um, taking the, the five loaves of bread and the two fish that was given to him by that little boy, you know, and, and, and God took the bread and he broke it. And what did he do? He looked up and he gave thanks. And he did the miracle of feeding 5,000. 
Amen. Even Jesus, he, you know, he, he gave thanks as well. And this bread represents the body of Christ that was broken for you already. And so when we come to God, whatever that we have that is broken, when we come to God and we recognize what God has already done for us and we just give him thanks, it unleashes, it opens the door for God to bless you and for God to do miracles in your life. In verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Let your gentleness be known to all. Let your gentleness be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. Do you live a life of thanksgiving that when people look at your life, they see that you're thankful to God? Can people in your life see that you live a life of thanksgiving to the Lord? Because when they taste that and they can see that and then they say it's good, it's contagious, it's spread. And that is the bread that God wants for you to take and feed it to all the others. I'll end it with this little story. You know, shortly after my father passed away, um, I was given my very first job um, opportunity um, as an OT in a hospital. And um, I went in for this interview, <clears throat> and um, the director um, told me that this was going to be your salary. This is going to be what you're going to get paid. And I said, okay, thank you. You know, but I wasn't satisfied because in my mind I had a different number. I said, no, you're telling me that you're going to pay me this much, but in my mind I know that God wants to bless me with this much. So I went out and I went into the restroom and I locked the door. I got on my knees, okay, in the restroom of a hospital. That's pretty gross. Um, but I began to pray. I said, God, I was specific. I was supplicating. I said, God, I know you gave me this number. So I specifically prayed that, God, not this, but I know that you would do this for me. And I thank you in advance. And I came out, I went back to my director, and I said, no, I want, I want this particular number. He says, I'll think about it. He calls me back, you know, a few days later. He says, you know what, I will give you what you've asked. I will give you that number. But he says, you know what I have to do? I'm going to have to give everybody else in the department a raise too. Isn't that awesome? Yes, when you give thanks to God, when you come to him and you pray and people see that you live a life of thanksgiving, you trust him and you have faith, God will not only bless you, but he will bless everyone who is affected by your life. Amen. And so as I close my message, I just, you know, I just want to, to ask you to, to think about and to reflect a little bit. Is there an area of your life that you're just needing more peace in, whatever it is? You know, is, is there a storm circling around you? Is, is, are there things that are going on that's a little crazy and you just, you just need to say, peace, be still. You just need to ask God to come. Is there, you know, it's an area of your life that you're just needing more peace in. Or there's an area of your life where you're just needing more joy in. You know, God, restore in me the joy of your salvation. Are you just needing to, to restore that joy? Or is there healing? Is there an area of your life where you just need healing? Is it in your mind? Is it in your emotions? Is it in your physical body? You know, bring it to the Lord. Lay it down and just say, God, it's not what I see, but in my faith I trust in you. You know, it's our afflictions, the difficulties that we go through, it's, it's only but for a moment. It's only but, but for a moment, you know. And, and, and what God is working is the eternal weight of glory. Why is it the weight of glory? The weight of glory is that pressure, you know, it is that pressure, you know, that, that comes against us. But when God's glory comes, it's always going to be greater than the pressure. 
Are you needing a miracle? Are you need, is there an heir of your life where you're just, you're just needing God to come in? God, you, you need to do something because something's got to happen, you know, because, God, I can't. I can't. You know, so I just, I want to um, just take this moment and if it's okay, if we can just have a song.